today um, looking at a passage from 1 John chapter 3 and also dealing with an issue that is it's kind of close to us all the time although we don't want to admit it or we don't often think about it deliberately and that is what do we do with the fact that we continue to sin? What do we do with that? You know what I mean? We've got to actually work it out in our mind somehow. Uh, what's the consequences of that, if any? Or uh, Because sometimes we would say something which, uh, if you look at another Christian, you might say something like, how could a Christian do that? Which is quite a condemning thing to say of ourselves, really. Because let's just say I could read your mind and put every thought, especially, I just picked the evil ones, it's okay, and I'll put them up on the screen today. We're starting with uh, PJ. Um, <laughs> would there be anyone here who everybody else wouldn't go, how could a Christian do that? Do you know what I'm saying? Now that sounds uh, simple, we've been forgiven, except we come across this passage and there seems to be an expectation in it that we wouldn't sin anymore. So I'm going to read from 1 John 3, verse 4. Anyone who breaks the law, sorry, anyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's works. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning, because he has been born of God. Okay, I'm going to pray. Father, I pray that you give us understanding into your word today for the encouragement of our hearts, for our Christian life, and for all that you have for us, all of those blessings you've given us through Jesus, your son. I pray that your Holy Spirit would uh, speak to us, keep us awake to these important things, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, last week I actually spoke on the same passage. Uh, but I spoke on the section particularly about the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's works. And I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. Uh, it's, quite, it's not anything what I'm saying today, but um, uh, that's on podcast or, or maybe it'll be on YouTube sometime. But what I'm focusing on today, and I hope that we can understand, is, is really looking at verse 9. No one who is born of God will continue to sin. Because God's seed remains in him, he cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. What does that mean? If anyone sins after becoming a Christian, does it mean that they are not born of God? Because that's what it says. What does that mean for us? Does that rule us all out? I would say if we understood it that way, the answer is yes. Is that right? Or is there some, anyone here who's sinless? Okay, that's good. Um, and also, what does it mean when John has said earlier in his own, in the same letter, uh, 
if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now that's a real issue. For, this, is a, this is a real issue for Christians because often I get asked, people say, people who are Christians, people who trust Jesus, people who have the Holy Spirit, say, I struggle with the fact that I sin. I, I, like, I love the law of God, but I break it. And I don't know what to do with that. And I hate the fact that I disobey God. Christians hate their sins. And they're always conscious of their sin. And they wonder particularly about a thing we call assurance. How can I be sure I'm a Christian when I seem to fail? When I seem to do wrong? Especially when that thing that I did wrong, I seem to have done it on purpose, not accidentally. That's even worse, isn't it? I never just got drawn into it. It seems like I did it. In fact, when we become a Christian, when we're born again, we actually receive a soft new conscience. And that's half the problem because we receive this conscience which makes us more aware of the things we do wrong, not less aware. And the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and we see it even more. And in one sense, I think the older... Well, I can say the older I get, the more I notice my sin. Now, I know that I overcome some things, and that's good. But I seem to, the closer you draw to God, you seem even more aware of other things. So, this is a very important subject, I think. And I know in some ways we often address it, or I do, but it is important for us because God actually demands of us that we have assurance, that we know and trust that he has saved us. It's a really important thing, isn't it? He wants you to know that you are right with him and he wants you to know that all is good and that he loves you and that you can rely on that love. But what do you do with a passage like this? It says if we continue to sin, we aren't born of God. Now I'm going to be going around in circles with this just because it's written in the order that my brain thinks. So, But, okay. We've got to think through carefully. Because he said, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now, that he didn't say there, if we claim that we had no sin, he said, if we claim to be without sin. In other words, if we claim that we haven't got ongoing sin. That's 1 John 1.8, sorry. And then he goes on to say, and if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We did that a minute ago when Rob prayed. He, he prayed that our sins would be forgiven. That he, we, sorry, well, he, he, we confessed our sins to God. Confess there means to acknowledge. We acknowledge before God that we've sinned. And if we do, the blood of Jesus continues to forgive us of all sins. And this is vital for the Christian life because when we sin and then we confess, what we're saying is, I need you, God. I rely on you. I absolutely need you. We have to fix our eyes on Jesus again and we know that he is the author and perfecter of our faith. He, he alone is the one who began our faith, the author, and he's the only one who will perfect our faith. So it, it's kind of what he's saying there at the beginning is if we confess our sins, uh, sorry, if we claim to be without sins, we're deceived. 
But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And as we do that, we continually, in a sense, get our petrol tank filled up by God every day. And we're close to him. So acknowledging our sins is vital. So why would John say, you must acknowledge your sins and the fact that you go on sinning, but anyone who goes on sinning uh, hasn't been born of God? Why would he say that? Okay. Now, I, I want to tell you that if you read some Bible commentaries and stuff, you'll find uh, 50 different theories on this. And, and some actually say, John's having a senior moment, he's contradicting himself, or something like that. Uh, others speak of um, the fact that it's sort of looking towards the future and God's slowly making us more like Jesus. And we'll get there eventually. Sort of thing. Um, which is okay, except for that so means the older or more mature you are, the less you'll sin. Is that true? I'm not looking at anyone older. <laughs> not true. Huh? Don't um, it is true that we're being transformed by Christ, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is true also that we will sin to, to the day of our death. And, and do, do we think, and, and I think that some people do, that You've just got to confess all your sins at that last moment and then you'll be safe. You'll get through. You'll be forgiven. Mind you, uh, God forgives our sins before we do them. It's not based on our confession. Yes, we repent and have faith, but actually Jesus has forgiven our sins before we begin. Okay. Now, we know from John and the rest of the Bible that anybody who's in Christ has been completely forgiven. All their sins are taken away. They are born again. And God views us as if he's looking at Jesus because we've received the righteousness of Christ. So, in a sense, even as a Christian sins ongoing sin, that sin's also been dealt with by the cross. And, so, and John had said this, he said in, this is 1 John 1.10, If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our hearts. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defence, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. In other words, Jesus is constantly defending us before the Father for our ongoing sin. So how can we understand this? Okay, I'm going to give you my view, and if I'm wrong, well... Okay. In 1 John 3 verse 4, which was the start of the passage, he said this, Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. Okay. Lawlessness is actually a strong word. It's a Greek word, anomia, or something close to that, which means against the law. Uh, not uh, you've broken the law, but you are standing against the law. You're opposed to it. You're in rebellion against God. You are a lawless person and you're opposed to God's law in every way. Okay? Um, he, he says, as that passage we read, it, it's like you are of the devil. You are walking in the works of the devil. You have the character. This is also John's words in chapter 2 of the Antichrist who is the one who opposes Christ 
and wants to be worshipped in the place of Christ. So he's saying anyone who, who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. Now, if you read 2 Thessalonians, Paul talks about this Antichrist figure, but he doesn't call him the Antichrist. He calls him the man of lawlessness. Okay? The same word, by the way, as, as, as John uses here. The man who is constantly in rebellion against God. The man who will not receive Jesus, the Son, instead opposes him and rejects him and hates him. So what I see is that John is not talking, and I'll, I'll back this up a bit in a minute, but he's not talking about all sin when he says anyone who continues to sin is not born of God. He's talking about this sin of lawlessness. He's saying anyone who continually just goes on hating God's law, rejecting it, rejecting the Son, and living against it, living deliberately opposed to God or to Christ, this is the sin of lawlessness. Anyone who continues in that has not been born of God. Now, we would say that, obviously, because I said before, you know, we might say, how could a Christian do that? And that can be fairly judgmental and um, condemning of ourselves. However, if you see someone standing opposed to Christ, standing opposed to Jesus and against the law of God, you could probably adequately and honestly say, how could a Christian do that? True? Because they're opposed to God. Now, if later in his letter, in 1 John 5, verse 16, you get me up, good. Well, 5, verse 16, this is where he, he draws this contradiction between sin and sin, as I'm talking about here. You've got sin and then you've got sin. Sin that's uh, wrongdoing, that we all do, and sin that leads to death. He says, if anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead to death, he should pray and God will give him life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that he should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin and there is, a sin, there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps him safe and the evil one cannot harm him. Now, what I'm saying is, okay, there's a sin that does not lead to death. That person should pray and confess and acknowledge, as we saw in 1 John 1, acknowledge our sins before God, and God continues to forgive that person. But there is a sin that does lead to death, and anyone born of God will not continue to do that. That's actually fairly obvious in some ways, isn't it? They will not continue in rebellion against God. That's quite different from the... I said it before people come to me and say, I struggle with the fact that I sin. In no way are they in rebellion against God, are they? Because they're struggling with their sin. They hate their sin and they love God's law. They love God and they love to do what he says. They're just struggling to do it. But they're not living a life opposed to God. But the sin that leads to death is to reject and oppose and not to trust in the Son of God who brings salvation and forgiveness. That's the sin of lawlessness. And no one who is born of God will continue to practice that. Now, all sin is wrongdoing, but not all sin is lawlessness. Does that make sense to you? Am I making sense here? And the Holy Spirit leads us to confess our wrongdoings. But the sin of rejecting Christ, well, that person hasn't been born of God. 
So actually, what this is saying is, as Christians, we don't need to hide our sin. In fact, we need to confess it and be honest with ourselves first and with others as well, or particularly before God. We don't, we don't have to actually be those people because, you see, that creates hypocrisy. You know, when people say hypocrite, they'll say, they say one thing and do another. Yeah? But, you see, we can be honest and say we have sinned and confess it to God and know that he is ongoing forgiving us for all our sins. We don't need to hide it. We don't need to be insecure when we sin because we know it's wrong. It's not a condemning to us to acknowledge sin. In fact, it's vital. Paul says, John says, do it. Because then you'll know your righteousness never comes from yourself. It all comes from Christ. So we don't have to be fearful or insecure about acknowledging our sin because it doesn't condemn us. It's, it's part of our life. In fact, it leads to more faith, more trust, more reliance. It drives us back to Jesus. So constantly acknowledging our sin actually brings us assurance and peace because we keep, we're kept close to Jesus. And those who are born of God will not continue to practice lawlessness. It won't happen. So, I'll go back. I say this is really one point's message, but if you're conscious of your sin, if this is something that really bothers you, and it does, I, I hate my sin, I hate what I do, I hate when I do what's wrong, and I also hate it when I don't do what's right. But, and what the devil does is then take those sins and say, that sin is so serious you're separated from God. How could a Christian do that? That's what the devil says that. How can you be truly Christian? But we must know for sure the blood of Christ has forgiven us all our sins. And uh, otherwise we're finished. We will never live with that assurance that God uh, wants us to have. The reason the Son of God was to, appeared was to destroy the devil's works. And he did that in us so that we can have this assurance. So when we're conscious of our sin and when we hate that sin, that's good. Because it shows that the Holy Spirit is present in our lives. In fact, when we refuse to acknowledge our sin, we deceive ourselves and we, we hold back the work of the Spirit in our lives. We, we're actually driven to a place of pride in our own righteousness, not humility. So those who are born of God never need to fear that they will fall into lawlessness. You don't need to worry about that. Anybody who worries about falling into lawlessness never will because the Holy Spirit is with them. How can we know this? In verse 9, I'll read it again, but a, a different part though. It's, uh, it says, No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he's born of God. God's seed remains in him. God's seed, God has planted something in our lives and it's growing. It was planted when we trusted in Christ and it remains in us. God himself remains in us. He lives in us and, and by his Holy Spirit, he is with us. Do you believe that? Do you believe you, are, you have the Holy Spirit? That's good news, isn't it? Because what it means is, you are safe. 
Yeah? You don't need to fear rejection from God because he lives in you. And you confess your sins, you keep that short account, and he goes on forgiving us for all our sin and unrighteousness, and he keeps us, and he is conforming us to the likeness of his son. He is doing that good work in us, and he actually uses everything we face in life, good and bad, easy and hard, our joys, our griefs, he uses that to shape us, and he even uses our sin to shape us. Our wrongdoings, those things that we do because he convicts us and he reminds us again of his mercy and grace and then we're brought closer to God. He convicts us of our sin and he convicts us of righteousness. And the more we know that, the more we love him. The more, I'm not saying go out and sin, I'm not saying that at all. But the, the more we come to a knowledge of that ongoing forgiveness, the, the more we're drawn into him, the more we love him, we know him again as our saviour, again as our Lord, as our husband, as our beloved. And we have this assurance, this certainty, surety, even when we make conscious of sin. Because we know Jesus is the one who's completely saved us, cleansed us, and he goes on cleansing. Just stop that, don't you?